Good morning. This is Sister Lisa coming to you from the ill. And today we're going to be reading part of um, my notes from chapter 7 of Dream Shards. Your Dreams Have Shattered What Now? A book from Shirley Buxton. And I am just doing a summary. I'm reading from my notes that I took. Um, as I'm reading the book, I take notes into a little journal. And so just the highlights of the book. If you want to read the whole book, please purchase her book and, and read it and enjoy it. Maybe I'll say enough that you will enjoy um, learning the little bit that I can give you and maybe the little bits that I add uh, my own um, experiences and stuff or thoughts that I might have. Chapter 7 The Great Examinator The dream is broken. Only the shards remain. Misshapen scraps. You remember the turning is of the keys and the final closing of the door. We have all been there, the broken dream, the total failure, feeling of doom and gloom. The whole world has fallen apart, imperfect human beings, beings who dream lofty hopes and visions until those dreams and ideas are crushed and shattered. Now comes the call to decision. What do we do now? What will be the fate of our broken dreams? What will we do with the pieces? Will we sink and wallow about in the rut of our situation or refuse to wear the pathetic cloak of woe and gloom rise to the task and discover what it was that went wrong were you to blame did you cause your own stumble can you make corrections some of those fragments may still be in fair shape maybe a smaller dream now but still a dream all the same your struggle is not your definition nor your finish god has not forsaken you job 23 and 8 God knows exactly where you are. He has not given up on you. You are not hopeless. Emphasize the reality of God. He is interested in our lives. He knows us, knows our frame, our weaknesses, our insecurities, and he also knows our possibilities. And he knows the calling he has placed on our lives. 2 Chronicles 16 and 9 and Psalms 40 and 2 are some verses that go along with that. Absolutely nothing happens that is beyond the sight and understanding of God. Not everything is due to the will of God. Rather, this is life in a fallen world. Yet Romans 8.28 does say that all things work together for good to those who love God. That reminds me of um, discussion between some of my friends on Facebook. Some that's very politically um, inclined. They, they post a lot. I don't. I stay away from that pretty much. Um, but they're talking about um, some prophecies that have been placed about, yes, President, they're saying that some people prophesy that, yes, President Trump is going to get four more years. And then other people um, um, say, um, only if it's the will of God, um, no matter what, uh, there's false prophets, that there's some people, so there are such things as false prophecies, and other people say, yes, but also there is the will of God, and not always, we must pray that the will of God is done, because not always does the will of God happen. And then other people say, if it's the will of God, it's going to happen regardless of what we do or don't do. Then <laughs> this one person, she posts, she says, um, sometimes God does change his mind. And uh, use the example of Hezekiah, how that um, it was the will of God for Hezekiah to die, but he prayed and, and God changed his mind, gave him 15 more years. Well, um, there's a lot of debate back and forth about what was the will of God and what's the permissible will of God. 
And that's true. That's true. But we do know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, irregardless of what happens, irregardless who's president, irregardless of how we think life should go. We know that Jesus is king and his book, his book is true. And his book says that in the end times, there is going to be, you know, it's going to be hard times. It's going to be rough times. There's going to be a lot of things. There's going to be a great falling away, but there's also going to be a great revival. There's going to be um, pestilences in the land. There's going to be wars and rumors of war. All that stuff the Bible talks about. That stuff that we know is going to happen irregardless of what we do. But that's why we pray that God help us to be um, repentive and humble and that we do stand up for what's right. See, that's an, another thing. Some people think, well, it's we're just going to pray about it and that's all we need to do. There's those people. And there's other people who say, no, we've got to take a stand. We've got to broadcast it from the mountaintops. You know, we can't just let evilness go on. So you got both kinds. you got you got the, the vocal ones and you've got the quiet ones. But it all takes prayer. You know, we've got to... Uh, We've got to teach the truth in love. That's one thing that I that I really feel strong. There's a way to convey the truth without, you know, beating people over the head and um, pointing out their faults and telling them they're wrong and all that stuff. Because we are all, we are all sinners saved by God's grace. We all need Savior. We all need saving. We need saving from ourselves. We need saving from thoughts that come into our mind. We need saving from uh, pride. We need saving from jealousy. We need um, we need um, saving from uh, despondency and um, stress. We need saving from worry. You know, it's a sin to worry. It's a sin to worry. Uh, all that stuff. So we need to we need to just keep our focus on those kind of things. Okay, back to my back to my notes. First Thessalonians 5:18. In everything, give thanks. Give thanks, you say. Thanks for my shattered dream, for my dream shards, for my sickness, for my lost hopes. Give thanks for the death of the loved ones, etc. But Billy Graham said said something this way, and I'm going to read it right out of her book. In fact, I caught up. I've caught up to the book from where my notes were. So now I either have to read from the book or I need to start taking some more notes so anyway on the page yeah it's the bottom of page 91 uh talking about that um there's paul's first writing in thessalonians 5:18, and everything give thanks give thanks you say thanks for my failed business thanks for the divorce for my heart attack for the burned down church for the prison sentence see those was her words i changed up a few of them but surely you jest the late billy graham wrote about the scripture in this way that now we're turning page 92. The next footsteps in the corridor, he knew, might be those of the guards taking him away to his execution. His only bed was the hard, cold stone floor of the dank, cramped prison cell. Not an hour passed when he was free from the constant irritation of the chains and the pain of the iron manacles cutting into his wrists and legs. Talking about Paul. Separated from friends, unjustly accused, brutally treated, if ever a person had a right to complain, it was this man, languishing, almost forgotten in a harsh Roman prison. But instead of complaints, his lips rang with the words of praise and thanksgiving. 
This man was the Apostle Paul, a man who had learned the meaning of true thanksgiving, even in the midst of great adversity. Earlier, when he had been in prison in Rome, Paul wrote, Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. In chapter 45, verse 3, the prophet Isaiah writes in intriguing terms of this very subject. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. It is almost impossible when we are fumbling through dreary dark places to think of those rocky roads as treasures or as riches. How can that be, we cry, yet in retrospect, we understand the wisdom of this prophet's words and recognize that indeed, during these wretched times, more intimately do we learn of God. We recognize He is our Lord and that He calls out our name. It seems possible, even likely, that we grow more under pressure than we do under blessings. And we've talked about that before too, about pressure. It takes pressure to make diamonds out of coal. It takes pressure to get the the tarnished, to get the blemishes and stuff out of gold and silver as it's being refined in the fire. It takes um, it takes much pressure under the potter's hands to make that clay, that clay mold, and uh, form into beautiful vases, vessels of honor, not to dishonor. It takes pressure. It takes pressure. So we have to remember that. And also, um, just jumping back up to talk about Paul for a minute, I had a thought about that. Um, I listened to Brother David Myers, and he was talking about Paul the other day at a sermon that he was preaching about. It included something about Paul talking about the thorn in his flesh. You know, a lot of people said that they didn't know what that thorn was, what that thorn was that Paul had that he had to deal with. But Brother Myers, when he was talking, he says that it was the memory, he those haunting memories that he had of killing those Christians that he had he had been there at Stephen's first when Stephen was martyred and he had held the coats of Christians he had been there and that those haunts those thoughts haunted him and that was the thorn and that's what brother Myers had said um in that and so that's something to think about you know some of those things you know but he had to, he had to deal with that but yet he was still able to give God thanks. He still was able to uh, be a great apostle. He was still being used. Sure, he had many dream shards. He had many, um, any many um, things in his life that he maybe could have complained. And uh, like what Billy Graham was saying, many things that he could have may have complained about. But yet, instead, he chose to count it all joy. He counted it all joy, have thanks, and that's what we have to do. What glory is captured in this beautiful word that teaches us the almost incomprehensible lesson that darkness and failure may be treasures, treasures that may distinctly intensify our relationships with God. A sweet flavor enriches our bond as gradually as childlike as we come to the reckoning that despite our best efforts and our gifts and our talents within ourselves, we can make no good thing happen. Finally, then, we lean on him. Jesus knew a lot about storms. One day, he and his disciples directly, uh, one day, he led his disciples directly into the middle of the one I mentioned earlier in this book. Let's go to the other side of the lake, 
he said. Now think about it. Jesus, knowing all things, was aware that a heavy storm was brewing in the atmosphere over their heads and that their small boat would be buried about... Be, I don't know why my eyes are not reading. Their small boat would be hurled about in its violent force. He must have considered that, yet he scrambled with them into the boat and set out to cross the lake. There can be no question he used the shock of flat out stopping a storm to confirm his divinity to those who to those slack-jawed disciples of his. What a moment. Perhaps we do not miss the mark then to consider that when we go through storms, when we muddle through fields of broken dreams, God may be using those very situations to confirm to us who he really is, that he indeed is our omnipotent, omnipresent, and omnipotent. Those three omni words taken from the Latin awe are words that encompass more than we can even imagine. They become even more consequential to us children of God, for that very God, the one who is all, has chosen to live intimately with us, to inhabit our hearts. Absolutely it is so. During these days of examination, after the shattering of our dreams, it is important that we guard our attitudes and in so doing, avoid compounding our problems and prolonging our recovery by nursing negative responses responses and disagreeable reactions. And she's listed a few to reject. And we'll talk about those tomorrow. But I just want to say, excuse me for stumbling over my words. I'm sorry about that. Um, Some days I have better days than others. But um, my eyes was playing tricks on me today. And I've got plenty of lighting. So I'm not sure why that was. That I was reading some words wrong. But anyway, uh, your dreams, whatever your dreams are. As we're going into... 2021. I hope you have some big dreams, knowing that some of your dreams will get recognized. Let's think about that first. There are some dreams and goals you are going to reach this year, um, 2021. There are some that you are going to accomplish. There's going to be some that you're going to surpass. And there's going to be those ones that are not going to be attainable in just one year's time. Those are long-term goals. Those are long-term goals. And there's some that... Um, may have to have shifts. There may be some that are going to have to change up some stuff because circumstances. Different things happen. Different people come and go in our lives. Um, uh, Different situations, different doors. Some doors open, some doors close. All of those things are just things, part of life. But overall, our main dream, our main goal is to make heaven our home and take as many people as we can with us. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And uh, making our calling and election sure, letting our light shine. Um, if our life is broken, broken lives, we all have, um, we all have those shards. But just think, you know, we all, I, I do, I love stained glass windows. I love them. I just, I'm fascinated with stained glass. But look, that's what they are. Um, they're um, pieces of glass that's been put together, beautiful mosaics. Well, if our lives can look like that, if our lives can be uh, a reflection of his love, a reflection of Jesus, when the world looks at us, do they see Jesus? That's that's our goal. That's all it's all about. When all said and done, you know, history, when you read through history or through the Bible, you see people who lived and have passed on, but they were living, breathing souls just like us. And we also 
are going to pass away unless the Lord comes and raptures us. And they had, and that's what they've thought for 2,000 years too. The people that's lived in 2,000 years, they've been looking for that blessed hope that he's coming. And so I know we're closer now than we were then. I remember they, they were then. Each day we're closer. And we may be, we may be the ones that's called up. But if not, if the Lord chooses to tarry much longer, we'll be the ones that go in the grave. We'll go in the grave. But our lives still, our children and our grandchildren and so forth, they still will always have a part of us. Just like we still are, we still are parts of our grandparents and our aunts and uncles, our teachers. That's who we are. We are dream shards. We are, we are their dreams. We are carrying on a lot of their legacies and Um, Our children, our grandchildren will carry on our our heritage. They will carry on a lot what we teach. I'm looking right now at Edwina Elder. She was my pastor's mother. Um, She was a good friend of ours. She was a wonderful woman. She's passed on, but she's pointing to the cross in my picture. She's pointing to the cross. And that is a reminder to me to point others to the cross. Even though she's gone, she's really not gone because she's still part of her her memory, her life, what she instilled in me is still there. And I'm imparting it to you and that's so forth. And so now you know it and you pass it on to your family and your children, whoever you hear. That's what we are. We all, none of us are in this world by ourselves. We are all dreams. We are all part of these dream shards. We are part of people's dreams. We are part of goals. It takes all of us together to reach the master's goal it says that he, it was not his will that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. So if we all reach out to others and bring them to repentance, bring them to the Lord, bring them to the cross, if we all help point people to the cross, then we're all part of the master's dream. Isn't that awesome? Aren't you glad that you know that you're part of the master's plan, design, his perfect will? We are all make up the mosaic of his beautiful creation. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.